Mikey, that song is called Acid and Fapping. What is Join American Cruise Lines on an extraordinary journey along the Columbia and Snake Rivers. It's exactly what you think it is. Flat, black, plastic, vinyl, records, round, played, mixed. All for you every Saturday from noon to two by Scotto Amazing artist, music DJ, vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic. This is Tuchel Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station that rule the nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! My name is Breakfast. And I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, good on camera. End all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. Trump is gone. Trump is gone. 
Come on, John. Pence is gone. Pence is gone. Yes, he is. Pence is gone. Pence is gone. Oh, Pence is gone. Pence is gone. Pence is gone. Pence is gone. Thanks, John. I bring you greetings from the White House. Say a word, Tommy, say a word. Tell Paula White, <laughs> Trump is gone. Preach. Tell Bob Johnson, oh, Trump is gone. Somebody tell Kanye, oh, that Trump is gone. Tell Diamond and Silk, that Trump is gone. Yes, he is. Tell Ben Carson, Trump is gone. Let's go. Come on here. Wayne. Watch your boy stop. Trump is gone. Yes, he yeah. is. Trump is gone. Trump is gone. Yeah, way bye-bye. Trump is gone. Trump is gone. After the way go, yeah. Trump is gone. I don't need no other word in his song. Thank you. Thank you.
la lucha, dale ponte trucha, que sigue la lucha, dale ponte trucha, que sigue la lucha. Dear Mr. President, I set me down to send you greetings from my hometown and send you best wishes from all the friends I know in Texas, Alabama, and Ohio, and unaffiliated. I'm an ordinary guy, I work most of my life. Sometime I'll settle down with my kids and wife, and I like to see a movie or take a little drink, and I like being free to say what I think. Sort of runs in the family. My grandpa crossed the ocean for the same reason. Now I hate Hitler and I can tell you why. He's caused lots of good folks to suffer and die. He's got a way of shoving folks around. I figure it's about time we slapped him down. Give him a dose of his own medicine. Lead poison. Now, Mr. President, we haven't always agreed in the past, I know. But that ain't at all important now. What is important is what we got to do. We got to lick Mr. Hitler, and until we do, other things can wait. In other words, first we got a skunk to skin. War means overtime and higher prices, but we're all willing to make sacrifices. Hell, I'd even stop fighting with my mother-in-law, because we need her, too, to win the war. Old battle axe. Now, as I think of our great land with its cities and towns and farming land, with so many good people are working every day, I know it ain't perfect, but it will be someday. Just give us a little time. This is the reason that I want to fight, not because everything's perfect or everything's right. No, it's just the opposite. I'm fighting because I want a better America and better laws and better homes and jobs and schools and no more Jim Crow and no more rules like you can't ride on this train because you're a Negro. You can't live here because you're a Jew. You can't work here because you're a union man. There's a line keeps running through my head. I think it was something Joe Lewis once said. Said there's lots of things wrong, but Hitler won't help him. Now, Mr. President, you're commander-in-chief of our armed forces, the ships and the planes and the tanks and the horses. I guess you know best just where I can fight. All I want to be is situated right to do the most damage. I never was one to try and shirk and let the other fellow do all of the work. So when the time comes, I'll be on hand and I can make good use of these two hands. Quit playing this banjo around with the boys and exchange it for something that makes more noise. So, Mr. President, we got this one big job to do. That's lick Mr. Hitler and when we're through, let no one else ever take his place to trample down the human race. So what I want is you to give me a gun so we can hurry up and get the job done. And good morning. Quite a mixed bag there.
for our opening set. This is The Bee, and you're tuned to Mutiny Radio. We're here at 2781 21st Street, corner of Florida, doing our, mon our Saturday morning show, Labor and Love Radio, the story where we tell you how it is. <coughs> if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, a negotiating table that is, where you work, you're on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. It's only a waste of time. Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. Of course, they don't want you to have a union. Your work makes them rich. And boy, what a week it was, huh? As... <coughs> people stormed the Capitol building. They went in and sat at Nancy Pelosi's desk. They put their feet up on the table. They killed a cop. It was a bad day. It was a bad day for the U.S. government. It's a bad day because it showed that even within the Capitol Police, even within the National Guard, the people who are supposed to be guarding our officials, quote-unquote, they're Trumpists. They're people who are still aligned, who are aligned with President Trump. When I say President Trump, even though we had our set there, that was a beautiful set we had. Thanks to Sylvia Ramirez for that. Trump is gone by the <coughs> Trump is gone by the comedy group. Anyway, Trump is gone. They said they didn't need any other line for that. And then we followed it up with a beauty. <laughs> Georgia on my mind as Georgia turns over and turns into a new era electing two Democratic senators. Not just two Democratic senators, but the margin of victory in the Senate, which gives Democrats, progressive people, quote-unquote, some of them, a majority in the Senate, so some of Biden's plans can be actually put into effect. And then third, we had Pete Seeger, and I, I want to play this one because there's a lot of talk about Antifa's. Antifa's anti-fascists. The some some Republicans even were saying that. Anti-fascists were the real the real people who went into the into the Capitol building there and did all those things. Were Antifa people dressed up as Trumpists? Now, can you believe that? 
<laughs> can you believe they would have the nerve to say that? Well, of course you can. The comedy quartet it was that played the, the Trump song. Pete, Pete Seeger singing Dear Mr. President, of course, a throwback to World War II and uh, that great kind of dedication that that generation rose up with to defeat what? Defeat who? Defeat fascism. To defeat fascism. The whole nation was Antifa. The whole nation was bent on defeating fascism. And later on, after the war, when there was the reaction by the ruling class against the surge of democratic feeling and anti-fascism. And people like Joe McCarthy had taken over the arguments, the national dialogue. They called people who had, for example, joined in the 30s to fight fascism, premature anti-fascists. Premature anti-fascism. Not sure what that meant, but of course, yes, we can figure out what it means. It means that you were anti-fascist before the U.S. government turned anti-fascist. So you're supposed to turn your anti-fascism on and off. Well, okay, it wasn't Antifa that stormed the Capitol. It was a group of people under the orders of Mr. Trump. And uh, just an editorial comment here. What if Trump was a wise man? What if he had signed the uh, $2,000 before the election and handed out $2,000 to America? What if he had gone down to Georgia and supported Leffler and Purdue instead of whining about his own problem, uh, an imaginary, imaginary voter fraud charge? What if he had been wise? What if instead of calling out his minions to attack the Capitol building. He had done his peace, his uh, peace statement. We would, we would see him still involved in U.S. government, in the U.S. debate. He would most likely be back in 2024. However, Good thing he doesn't have that kind of awareness. Anyway, anti-fa, anti-fascist, um, Pete Seeger. Okay, so let's see what what do we got for you today. This is uh, let's go right along the. Despite. Despite escalating assassinations, 
Colombian farm worker union fights for the right to the land. Some labor notes. 2020 in review. Workers struggle under the weight of the pandemic. We've got Radio Labor back again with one of their weekly updates on the worldwide labor union. We've got American history, labor history, in two minutes. Three chapters of that. How about a union? How about a union for... Musicians who are out of work. Seems like a good idea, huh? How about workers struggle in under the pan weight of the pandemic, a review of twenty twenty for labor. How about news broke? And Labor and Love Radio, when Nixon pushed postal workers, they pushed back the 1970 workers' strike. Who is this guy, Marty Walsh, Mr. Biden's new Mr. Biden's new uh, labor secretary? And a profile of Sarah Nelson. Combative, hard-working, hard-talking, head of the uh, of the Air Workers Union. And what do we got? Postal strikers. I already covered that and had George on my mind. So all that and much more, as well as music of social significance. Crazy bald head.
41 shots and we'll take that ride cross this bloody
gets her son ready for school. She says, on these streets, Charles, you've got to understand the rules. If an officer stops you, promise me you'll always be polite and that you'll never ever run away and promise mama you'll keep your hands inside well is it a gun is it a knife is it a wallet this is your life it ain't no
killed just for living. You can get killed just for living. You get killed just for living. You get killed just for Trump, you're nothing but a hound dog. We ain't listening to you no more. We ain't nothing but a hound dog. Said you was high class, but that was just a line. 
And then the inestimably sad American skin, 41 shots, of course, referring to a young black man who was shot by police 41 times. Mother trying to explain the situation to the boy, what the world is like. Reminds me of Doc Rivers, an NBA coach who had to have, he, he talked about how his dad had this discussion with him and how he had to have it with his son. What are we supposed to do, he said. Law abiding, we raise our hands up and we still get murdered in the street. Fine getting rid of Mr. Trump, but the weed that he represents, the deep-seated weed, the seed that is deep in our American psyche. When are we going to confront that? Do we have a chance to do that now? Constitution, for all its, the way people praise it, is a patched-together document tried to patch together two mutually exclusive forces, human rights and property rights. Slave-holding states <clears throat> and quote-unquote free states, wage labor and slave labor, patched together that giant contradiction which continues to haunt America. And then Bob Bob Marley, with, we're going to knock those crazy bald heads out of town. Goodbye, Mr. Trump. Though you're not technically a bald head, just get out of town. All right, let's take a look at Labor Notes, and Labor Notes has a 2020 in review page here. Workers will feel the ramifications of this unprecedented year long into the future. The coronavirus pandemic has claimed 360,000 lives, destroyed millions of jobs, busted gaping holes in public budgets, and magnified the myriad inequalities that have come to define life in the United States. There were a few bright spots, but the labor movement struggled to find its footing in the biggest workplace health and safety crisis of our lifetime. The year started with 3.5% unemployment, very low, in hopes that workers might be able to use the tight labor market to recover some of what had been lost over decades of concession. All that came to a crushing halt in March. Unemployment peaked near 15% in April. By September, a quarter of Americans would say that someone in their household had lost a job this year. Even as unemployment dipped 
In November, there were still 9 million fewer workers on payrolls than a year ago, 3.7 million of whom had dropped out of the labor force. The real unemployment rate, now officially posted at about 6.5%, is in reality around 12%. 3.9 have been without a job for more than 27 weeks. And the way capitalism works, as a worker, the way you get your money, the way you get your subsistence, your housing, your food, your clothing, your medical care, is through your job. That's how the capitalists have set it up. He who does not work, neither will he eat. Unemployment rates for blacks and Latinos are 10.3 and 8.4% compared to 5.9 for white workers. Retail has lost half a million jobs since February, and leisure and hospitality, 3.4 million. And this, <clears throat> one of the stories about how hard life was in the Depression, and people had to stand in bread lines. <clears throat> While Americans got used to seeing cars lined up for miles at food banks, 26 million adults reporting not having enough food to eat in mid-November. Those at the very top saw their fortunes grow astronomically. Since the start of lockdowns in March, 650 U.S. billionaires have tacked up an additional 10 I'm sorry, one trillion in wealth. Mr. Bezos is now worth 70 million more. The Walton family is worth 48 billion more. Mr. Musk has become the richest man in the world. And of course, it all comes down on workers. These billionaires don't worry about where their next meal is coming from or how they're going to feed their kids or how they're going to keep educating their kids. Averting a second term for Donald Trump was a major goal for many. An election that Biden won by 7 million votes still managed to be a nail-biter. Biden campaign itself display, downplayed the importance of face-to-face -face organizing. A few unions thankfully ignored the advice. Unite Here sent 1,700 mostly black and Latino canvassers many of them laid off hotel workers whose work provided the critical margins in Arizona and Pennsylvania.
phenomenous development in California, Uber and other gig economies spent a record-breaking $200 million to buy a win on Prop 22 so they could go on treating workers as disposable independent contractors. The other major story was the upsurge for racial justice that began with George Floyd's murder in Minneapolis police and all of a sudden white people woke up wake up for hundreds of years law enforcement has been murdering African American people and Latino people here in the southwest hanging them, oppressing them shooting them down in cold blood hello well, something about watching Mr. Floyd being tortured and murdered right in front of our eyes changed people's minds. Maybe it was the fact that a lot of them were out of work so that they hit the street to demand justice. Many Twin Cities unions supported the demonstrations in Minneapolis. Bus drivers in Minneapolis and New York refused to transport armed protesters. West Coast dockers shut down their ports twice. Union leaders often hesitant to weigh in on such issues issued statements backing the protests. The strike for black lives endorsed by eight national unions saw actions in 150 cities. Over the past year, tens of millions of workers have been heralded as essential and praised as heroes. They're also expendable. Mr. Mr. McConnell went to great lengths to make sure that if you're a worker and you're ordered back to work during the pandemic in a less than safe environment, you can't turn around and sue your, your employer. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Okay, enough talk. see about the, the new labor secretary. Workforce. WBZ's Beth Germano is live at City Hall now with the mayor's message to workers across the country. Beth? Well, his message is he is the person for the job, given his background and at a crucial time when so many Americans have lost their jobs during the pandemic. He says it is working people holding the country together now, and he will be their advocate. Marty was born and raised in Dorchester. I know him. Tough as nails. It's a nomination that will likely propel Boston Mayor Marty Walsh from City Hall to the Biden-Harris administration. And he says he can thank his Dorchester upbringing and roots in labor for the opportunity. The word labor means everything to me. 
and labor is in his blood, following his father into the trades, a former union president, and now taking that experience to the national level, where he pledged to create jobs and prop up the middle class, which he says was needed long before the pandemic. We are facing hard times, but nobody's tougher than the American worker. And now, now we have the opportunity to put power back in the hands of working people all across this country. Marty understands like I do that the middle class built this country and unions built the middle class. The two have had a longtime friendship and now the mayor's nomination is being hailed in Boston among local labor leaders who believe they've been missing a voice in Washington. He knows the struggles um, working people go through every single day. And just knowing that and bringing that to the table in Washington is, is huge. His departure creates a rare vacancy in City Hall. Two candidates have already announced their intention to run for mayor with others expected to jump in. One of them, City Councilor Andrea Campbell, says a new conversation has now been started. People are now seeing uh, that this race is happening. We will continue to fight the fight to finally make Boston a city that works for everyone. Now, it's unclear when the nomination will be taken up and when Mayor Walsh will actually leave City Hall. President-elect Biden admitted he'd also considered Bernie Sanders for the position, but didn't want to risk his seat in the now Democratic Senate. Reporting live from outside City Hall, I'm Beth Germano, WBZ News. Okay, so that's Marty Walsh. <clears throat> we know now that he's a friend of Joe Biden. We'll have to see what that means. What does that mean now? Of course, we we're glad Mr. Trump is gone, but what have we got now? What have we got in Joe Biden? He makes pro-labor noises, and he appoints a pro-labor... Secretary of Labor. What about the National Labor Relations Board? Let's take a look at that. The National Labor Relations Board is supposed to be the protector of the American worker, a voice for the American worker. See what we got there. I guess Mr. Biden hasn't gotten around to uh, appointing anyone, but we'll have to watch that really carefully. Uh, under Biden. Let's see what we got. What to expect from a Biden National Labor Relations Board? This past Labor Day, President-elect Joe Biden told a group of union supporters that he would be the strongest labor president you have ever had. Sorry, but it sounds like a, a Trump promise. Anyway, as part of his labor goals, Trump Biden has championed the PRO Act, a substantive and drastically pro-union rewrite of the 85-year-old National Labor Relations Act that was passed by the House in early 2020. The PRO Act would codify the ambush election rules, 
and micro-unit policy, neuter employees' ability to mount counter-campaigns to union organizing attempts, and weaken right-to-work laws that protect employee free choice. Ambitious legislation would also permit the NLRB to issue heavy monetary penalties on employers for violating the NLRA. And with more, strictly require bargaining after an initial act. Okay. Employee Free Choice Act. There will be changes. Employers have benefited greatly from the pro-labor NLRB over the past few four years. So this is a pro-business. Let's see what Labor Notes says about it. Unions are hoping that President-elect quickly takes control of the National Labor Relations Board and launches a new era of federal labor policy. Over the past four years, a cabal of Trump appointees determined to rewrite U.S. labor law has run the NLRB into the ground. The agency has issued a steady stream of precedent-setting anti-labor rulings. To grievously undermine the ability of unions to resist. The NLRB is governed by five board members appointed by the president. The Senate must confirm each appointment by a majority rule of senators present and voting. Board members serve for five years with one member's term expiring each year. Depending on the composition of the board and the number of vacancies when a new president takes office, it may take as many as three years before he or she has three seats, number of members needed to issue president-setting decisions. At present, four members are in place. There are three Republicans. Chairperson John Ring and member William Emanuel work for high-powered management side law firms. Marvin Kaplan was a House staff member. The lone Democrat Lauren McFerrin worked for a union side law firm. One slot is vacant. So Biden will be able to nominate a second pro-labor member after taking office. If GOP dominance of the Senate continues after the Georgia runoffs, which we know it didn't, the chamber may reject the nominee or delay voting. Anyway, that didn't happen, so that's one of the projects. We'll, have, we'll talk some more about the National Labor Relations Board. Now let's get some music. Music of social significance.
Stay away from the White House, stay away, I wish you well. Stay away from the White House, stay away, I wish you well. Stay away from the White House or you'll go to Vajra hell. Stay away from New York City, it costs money to live there. Stay away from the country, the banks own all the air. Stay away from their electric, it'll whiten your beard hair. Stay away from smoking cigarettes, stay away, stay away. Stay your hand from off your Marlboro, stay away, stay away. Stay away from nicotine and beer, it'll make you old and gay. Stay away from fucking broomsticks, it'll give you syphilis. Stay away from fucking rubber dolls, even if they got big tits. Stay away from 14-year-old boys, fuck them once, they call it quits. Stay away, stay away, oh yes, yes, stay away from eating chemical donuts for breakfast yesterday. Stay away from living death, though the army gives good pay. 
stay away from capitalism and the bosses CIA. Stay away from oil industry, they rob your energy. Stay away from secret policemen when he calls you out to play. Stay away from Satan in the good old USA. Stay away from eating meatballs while the Wall Street Dodgers play. Stay away from the White House this year, wish you a fine day. Stay away, stay away, away from all that jive. Ripping off the niggers just to keep the band alive. Yeah, ripping off the nigger, how us white musicians thrive. Stay away from all them Jew boys with their Zionist delights. Stay away from all them Christians calling all them Jew boys kikes. Stay away from all them prophets, they'll get you into fights. Stay away from all them Arabs with that murder on their mind. Stay away from State Department, they'll bow and scrape you blind. Stay away from Rockefeller, he blows up an oily wind. Stay away from Richard Nixon, he'll get you all in jail. He'll kick you and he'll punch you and he'll make your vision fail. And while he's got you staying away from the White House, he will wail. Oh, stay away from my White House, I got it all my own. You can hear it in the basement, all them singing plumbers groan. Stay away, oh, all you Democrats, except the hawks I've known. You can come into my White House, Senator Jackson Hawk. You're the one that loves the army. Billions you won't balk. Mr. Ford and CIA Bush, right in my door you walk. Stay away from Nirvana, your ambition makes you blind. Stay away from Brumhaloka, you can only grasp the wind. Stay away from every heaven, you'll wake up in sovereign mind. Come down, yeah, come down to earth right here. On Avenue C and 10th Street, make your mind I see clear. Come down to earth, Merry Christmas, and I wish you a happy new
Bob Marley and the Whalers, yeah, okay, we got rid of a tyrant, it's time to party, steer it up, steer it up while we set our minds and bodies towards the tasks ahead of us. We were talking earlier about the <coughs> fatal contradiction of trying to patch together slave society and not an not slave society. They couldn't agree. They couldn't get together on a government. So they faked it. They cut every black person in the country and every Indian into three-fifths of a person. That was the physical manifestation of the compromise. Look around you that physical contradiction is with us today and it keeps getting worse as we realize what's going on around us. Anyway, steer it up. Bob Marley and the Whalers. Allen Ginsberg telling you stay away from the White House. It's bad for you. The demonstrators didn't listen. And before that, Bobby McGee with a beautiful labor song from the IWW days, Bread and Roses, Hearts Starve as Well as Bodies. Well, we haven't had radio labor for a while. Who are on vacation, so let's see what they've got for us. The Radio Labor World News. World Labor News. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, January 8th, 2021. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, how labor helped win Democrat control of the U.S. legislature. The 1,000-day anniversary of the firing of Cargill workers in Turkey. The Labor Start report about union events and singing. This is Radio Labor.
In the United States, the election of Joe Biden as president was welcomed by the labor movement, which worked long and hard for him and his Democratic Party. But Mr. Biden's announced progressive agenda was put in jeopardy because two upper house Senate seats had not been finally decided in the November 2020 election. A loss of just one of those seats would have allowed the Trump Republican Party to obstruct the Democrats as they tried to pass legislation. Winning the two Senate positions seemed almost impossible because they were to represent the state of Georgia, which hasn't had a Democrat senator since 2005. Georgia is in the deep south of the country, a region seen as very conservative. However, both Democratic candidates, John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock, won their seats. The result is that the Democrats, starting January 20th, 2021, will control the presidency, the upper Senate, and the House of Representatives. A major reason for the victories in Georgia was the work of the labor movement. After the results were announced, the president of the largest labor federation in the country, the AFL-CIO, released a video. In his message, Richard Trumka mentions the PRO Act, which is the Protecting the Right to Organize Act. They told us it was impossible, that Georgia was a lost cause. But the history of America's labor movement is the story of defying the impossible. See, our opponents like to underestimate us. They always will. But we proved them wrong once again. Working people delivered Georgia and the presidency for Joe Biden. We could have quit then, but we don't quit. Instead, we regrouped. We remobilized. With two Georgia Senate seats in play and a pro-worker Senate on the line, working people shocked America two more times. We elected Reverend Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff by making phone calls to voters, knocking on doors, and canvassing workplaces, by partnering with constituency groups and allies, by once again defying the so-called impossible. Union members delivered in 2020 and again in 2021. And now it's time for the real results, real COVID-19 relief, the PRO Act and labor law reform, infrastructure investment, and much, much more. Campaigns come to an end, but movements endure. And nothing, nothing is more powerful than a united labor movement. Thank you for defying the skeptics, meeting the moment, and demonstrating the collective power of the American labor movement. January 11th, 2021, marks the 1,000th day since a starch factory owned by the American corporation Cargill in Turkey fired 14 workers. Cargill has more than 166,000 employees around the world. Last year, it earned more than 115 billion U.S. dollars in revenue. I talked to Burja Ayan from the IUF Global Union about the situation. The workers had been trying to join the Tekadayash Trade Union, one of the IUF's affiliated unions. I asked Ms. Ayan why the workers had been fired. The 14 workers were unfairly dismissed while trying to organize a union at Cargill, Turkey. All 14 blue-collar production workers 
are members of the Tekkenaish Trade Union, which is the tobacco, drink, food and allied workers trade union in Turkey. And they were all prominent union worker leaders in the organizing effort. The dismissals came shortly after Tekkenaish had formally applied for collective bargaining status for workers at Cargill's four food facilities in Turkey uh, after reaching what the union believed to be the required 40% legal threshold for a multi-unit bargaining certification. To deny collective bargaining certification, Cargill challenged the union's application by adding white-collar workers, mostly in managerial positions in Turkey, head office, to the legal bargaining unit, uh, causing Tekkadaş membership to fall below the 40% threshold. After Tekkadaş had formally applied for collective bargaining status, on March uh, 5, 2018, attempts were also made by Cargill Turkey management to persuade workers to resign from and not join the union at Bursa or Hangazi and Balıkesir uh, plants in Turkey. Even in certain uh, instances, workers were promised a wage increase if they indicated to Cargill that they would not join the union. It's worth noting that the 14 dismissals in April 2018 followed earlier dismissals of seven other workers in 2012, 2014 and 2015 at the same Cargill factory who were also trying to organize a union. These seven workers also won their court cases in 2015 and 2018, when Turkey's Supreme Court concluded that they too were dismissed in retaliation for their union activity. What were the workers asking for as they tried to organize a union? when Cargill opened its Orhangazi factory, uh, the company pays its workers higher wages than other businesses. However, over time, wages decreased with low salary increases. When workers raised their problems with their managers, they did not get any positive responses or solutions. When workers realized that they could not achieve anything this way, uh, they understood that they had to be united and therefore have decided that the best way to do this was to unionize. And when workers chose to unionize, Kargil Turkey dismissed the prominent union worker leaders and thus intimidated other workers that if they too would become uh, union members, they would be dismissed. 
the aims of Kargil workers trying to organize the union were basically to achieve decent wages and to improve working conditions. A Turkish court has ruled that 12 of the workers should be reinstated. Why has that not happened? All these dismissals at Kargil violate core ILO conventions 87 and 98, which protect workers' rights to freedom of association, to organize and to engage in collective bargaining. ILO jurisprudence prescribes reinstatement as the remedy for anti-union dismissals. No worker illegally dismissed at Kargil, Turkey, has been reinstated since under the Turkish law, which is not in conformity with ILO jurisprudence uh, and international standards, companies in Turkey can pay compensation instead of reinstatement in cases of anti-union dismissal. Here with his report about union events is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Each day, Labour Start's volunteers collect hundreds of news items about the struggles of workers and their unions from around the world in 36 languages. Here's a small sample of their work. Our top stories section included links to coverage of the creation of a minority union for USEN and Canadian Google employees and another attack by the government of Jordan on the teachers' union there. But of course, the big story was the reaction of American unions to Wednesday's events in Washington. The emerging trends in our news coverage this week is reflected in the stories on our site detailing the corruption surrounding the distribution of vaccine where one has become available. In countries from Canada to Zimbabwe, politicians and employers have elbowed aside frontline at-risk workers, not to mention the medically vulnerable. Also globally obvious are the lack of social supports being provided to workers deemed essential. Healthcare and other workers are expected, and in some cases even required, to continue to work, but services like child and elder care for their families are not available, adding to the high levels of stress these workers are already experiencing. For our Working Women page, our volunteers found news of the role women workers and their unions played in the recent legalization of abortion in Argentina, the home care workers walkout in New Zealand, and how union women in Ghana plan to remain agents of change in that country's labor movement and in society generally throughout 2021. The free health and safety newswire we offer in cooperation with Hazards magazine carried stories detailing the frustration of many unions with delays in the imposition of new C-19 lockdowns in many countries, including Portugal, Sweden, Germany, France, and Colombia. And a theme to our health and safety news for 2019 continues. Healthcare workers are experiencing unprecedented levels of workplace stress with stories from Spain, South Africa, and the United Kingdom this week indicating just how close to the breaking point many healthcare systems are as a result. Our current photo of the week is of a march by thousands of nurses in Paraguay. Like healthcare workers' unions around the world, Paraguay's Nurses' Union, APE, is mobilizing to strengthen public health care even as the pandemic continues. 
Current campaigns that we are running at the request of unions around the world include urgent appeals for online solidarity with workers and their unions in Jordan, Kyrgyzstan, Brazil, Colombia, Myanmar, Belarus, India, Ukraine, and Albania. Look for details on our site. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is the American folk singer Woody Guthrie with All You Fascist Bound to Lose. Well, I'm going to tell you fascists, you may be surprised. People in this world are getting organized. You're bound to lose, you fascists bound to lose. That's it. International labor news you can use. You can find our features and daily newscasts at radiolabor.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Labor. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. Amigo, get up out this motherfucker. Y'all got them fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Look at them. They sent a couple of them home. They all packed they shit up and shut this motherfucker down. Nigga, who y'all think y'all playing with? Mexico, man, this is what black people need to be on, man. I swear to God, I love this shit. They are packing they shit up and shutting this motherfucker. Huh? Uh, on my mama, all that shit. <laughs> they are not bullshitting. They packed up. Yeah, I see, it's over. Them motherfuckers now packed up and dipped. They thought they was going to play with these amigos, and they said, oh, yeah, we rise together, homie. And they leaving, and they not bullshitting. Take this in, man. Look at this, man. They shut this big motherfucker down today, man. 
We all going home, man. The SAs, look, ain't no grinding, cutting, welding. This motherfucker dead ass quiet. The Mexicans shut this motherfucker down, nigga. Said, fuck you, bitch. And really, and really, see, this what I'm talking about, baby. I swear to God, they got me here geeked up. Oh, my Malcolm X shit. Oh, my mama, nigga. Fuck the bullshit, nigga. Look at this. They shut this bitch down. They pissed them off, nigga. And they said, fuck you, we out. We not working no more today. Kiss my ass, nigga. I'll let y'all tomorrow. Oh, my mama. That's great. Look. Ain't nobody here. We're just cleaning up. We're going home. It's over, bro. With the essays, nigga. Fuck it. Going to the crib. Going to the, going to the casa. Hasta la luego, mi Muy bien. You swear to God. Okay, I love to play that one. <clears throat> I love to play that one. We had uh, Woody Guthrie's Born to Lose. The fascist Born to Lose on his guitar he had uh, written. This machine kills fascists. And now they're trying to make Antifa, anti-fascism, a dirty word. It's just how things move, huh? Okay, and then we had the, the Hispanic workers leave job after a couple were fired and they shut the whole plant down. The whole plant because three of their leaders had been fired. And uh, this man is responding. Hello? Hello, Vita. How are you? Thank Good. you for calling. The, the Davis correspondence is here, minus Yemen, because he's helping his family right now. Oh, okay. Well, but um, is good. this is Vita calling from UC Davis, our uh, Voices of the Campus feature. So, Vita, um, first of all, how's everything going? How's the weather up there? Right. Uh huh. Okay. Well, um, I guess we couldn't help noticing what happened on Wednesday, huh? The uh, U.S. Capitol was under siege. What? What's your take on that? Did you watch it? Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean that's the key the key question here, the one that you uh just mentioned. It it looks like that there were pro Trump forces within the security 
the, the people who were supposed to be keeping people out. Yes. The National Guard didn't arrive on time. Um, yeah, because uh, Trump was stalling them an hour and a half, and then Pence had to call ranks pretty much and like jump ranks and just say, "Hey, we're calling the National Guard." Yeah, I mean, Trump refused to do anything. I guess he was enjoying it. It seemed like he was enjoying it. Yeah, he told them they're special. He <laughs> loved them. And that he loved them. <laughs> So now I've I've read that um, that Trump supporters are going to have an alternate swearing-in ceremony on really? January twentieth. Yeah. Wow. I just saw that on my message, but I have to look that up. It's uh, going to be dangerous, to be honest. Um, I think that it shows, you know, a whole like when when Trump won initially, like a whole bunch of people who didn't want him to win were like protesting on 101 or different areas just like stopping traffic yeah so people weren't necessarily destroying things like this and this is a whole other thing you know like they're not just destroying like private residences or private businesses they're destroying like institutions and they're like basically messing with our whole idea of democracy like it's not like oh we're protesting it's literally like we're gonna like come and kill the senators or something yeah yeah, yeah. So it was just like really ridiculous and it's pretty amazing coming from the same people who were so annoyed that there was riots and protesting um because like black children are being killed like, yeah mercilessly yeah in the street i don't understand like literally i was telling yen the other day it's like how is it that these same people are mad that people are protesting about children being killed, but they're over here practically ripping the whole capital down just because their fat president wasn't voted back in. You know, what's yeah. going on? What's going on? Yeah. So I think they're all hypocrites, and I think they're all ridiculous, and that's not American to do that. Um, not American at all. So I don't know what they're doing. They're pretty weird. And I think that there was also an incident in L.A. where <coughs> some Trump people had a rally. I don't know if you heard about it, but some Trump people had a rally and a black woman was taking video of them um, and she wasn't near them, really. And they saw her and like 20 people ganged up on her. They ripped her hair off. They uh, started beating her up, like, literally beating her up, calling her the N-word, all, you know, all those things that freaking typical racists do that they think actually has an effect. Literally just calling her every name. They were literally stomping her, doing all this stuff. And then one of the guys who was a Trump supporter, a big white dude, grabbed her, picked her up, and took her away and told her, he's like, they're going to try to kill you. I'm helping you. You know what I mean? Wow. There's a picture of him like grabbing her and taking her away, even though he was a Trump supporter too, he realized like this isn't right, you know? And he ended up losing his job at Toyota in West Covina, even though he was helping her, but it's like he lost his job just because he was there at that rally. Oh, because he was know? one of the, God, I hope he gets his job back. Yeah. That was a real act of humanity. Yeah, that's what the lady was saying too, that it happened to her that she like literally feels like that guy saved her life that like you know she was so scared and um if you see the pictures they're very 
I mean, the pictures are jarring, to be honest. To see a black woman being ganged up like that by all these people is very, uh, very, very difficult for me to see. I wish I could have been there. You know, I, I don't like this idea of people of color being ganged up on, you know. Wow. So, <clears throat> it was crazy. It was sad. So that's what I'm saying. I think these next few days are going to be like that. Like, these Trump people are privileged, and they think that, like, they have the right to go, like, hurt people, go destroy public property. They, they think they have the right to do everything. Yeah. Because they're not getting their way. Yeah. So it's dangerous is what I think. And they're white, see? In in America you're supposed to white is supposed to mean that you get your way, that the 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 decisions go your way, right? Even right. even if you're broke and <clears throat> you don't have health care, at least you're better than colored people, you know, people of right. color because right, you're white. Yeah. That's been the trope for quite a few years. And I don't know. I I'm like <laughs> I don't know. I feel I mean I'm I guess to an extent, I have it a little easier because, like, I don't have, like, black skin, you know, or I'm not wearing a hijab or, like, you can't automatically tell who I am. But I really do worry about people like my mother or, like, you know, people who look clearly Mexican or black or whatever. Oh, yeah. Because I, um, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's amazing to me that they're attacking a woman. Whatever. That's a whole other radio show. Whatever. That's all. <clears throat> okay. Well, Lita, thanks so much for calling in and um, yeah. giving us your uh, response to these You're uh, violent. Thank you. Yeah, it was unprecedented. And I think there's going to be more stuff like that that happens. And, you know, it wasn't even that big of a deal. Like, they, like these people think they did so much, you know. And I think that they should really reprimand them and really F them up. Like, get Trump out, F them up, like, show them there's consequences for this. Yeah, but yeah. who knows? Well, we'll see. Um, yeah. Please okay, say well, hello thanks. to Yemen for me, okay? Yes, I will. Sounds good. And um, thanks again. Talk to you soon. Okay, ciao. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, that was our call from uh, UC Davis, Vita Castaneda Morgan, and her reaction, a political science uh, student at UC Davis, and her reaction to the violent attack on uh, the U.S. Capitol building. How about labor history? We got, I think we've just got enough time for labor history in two, January 7th, the tragic Youngstown massacre. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1916. That was the day of the Youngstown massacre. It was World War I and the demand for steel in war production had skyrocketed. Steel workers at Republic Steel went on strike in late December of 1915 to, to demand a wage hike and overtime pay. They also wanted a decrease in the work week to 48 hours and improved safety conditions. 
Workers at the Youngstown Sheet and Tube Company soon followed. The number of striking workers grew to well over 13,000. It was on this day that some 6,000 strikers, their wives and children gathered at the bridge across from the gate at the Youngstown Sheet and Tube Company, intent on stopping scabs from entering the plant. Guards at the mill left company property to confront the strikers at the bridge and began attacking them with tear gas and live ammunition. The upheaval would soon spread to the business district of East Youngstown. By the time the dust settled the next morning, several blocks of businesses were destroyed. While at least three strikers lay dead, another 30 were seriously injured at the hands of the company hired guns. National Guard troops were called in to quell the disturbances. A grand jury convened to determine the cause of the disorder. They ruled that over 100 companies were in violation of the state's Valentine Antitrust Act and conspired to keep wages down in the steel industry. They held the actions of the Youngstown Sheet and Tube Company primarily responsible for the death and destruction that reigned over the city. The strikers won an immediate 10% wage increase and better company housing. But the courts dismissed the grand jury's findings. It would be decades before the industry was finally able to unionize. For more information, go to Labor History in two... I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1939. That was the day a new radio show began on CBS Radio. Welcome to the Motion Picture Star's own radio program, the Gulf Screen Guild Show. With Jack Benny, Joan Crawford, Reginald Gardner. The show featured some of the biggest names in Hollywood. All of the actors' fees were donated to the Motion Picture Relief Fund. The fund was started in 1922 with the motto of taking care of our own. Proceeds from the show went to support the motion picture country home for retired workers in the film industry. These included actors, cameramen, set designers, and even security guards. These retired workers only paid what they could afford to live there. Eventually, the retirement home allowed working people from the television industry as well. Gulf Oil sponsored the program for its first three seasons. It was called the Golf Screen Guild Show. Over the years, the show took on several other sponsors and names. It also migrated to NBC, then to ABC, and then back to CBS Radio. In all, it ran for 14 seasons and more than 500 episodes. In its early years, the show was a variety review. It included songs along with dramatic and comedy sketches. Later, the show recreated films for the radio audience. It was a challenge to get a whole film down to just 22 minutes. Films covered by the show included classics such as Casablanca, Arsenic and Old Lace, and Pinocchio. But despite the changes and challenges, the show raised $800,000 for the retirement home by 1942. The retirement home was almost closed in 2009, but continues operations. Workers in many industries have long found creative and collaborative ways to support each other and to truly take care of their own. Like what you hear? Check out more at Labor History. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, 
The year was 1922. That was the day Chicago building trades began to split over the much-hated Landis Award. The building trades had always enjoyed strong solidarity, built through years of sympathy strike action. By 1921, they were involved in a bitter dispute with the city's employers who had been on the open shop offensive since the end of World War I. Contractors attempted to impose deep wage cuts and instituted a lockout when the building trades refused to go along. Judge Kennesaw Landis, who sent close to 100 IWW members to prison during World War I, arbitrated the dispute and issued his award that fall. Considered a major blow to the building trades, his award outlined eight points on behalf of the employers. It imposed deep wage cuts of anywhere from 15 to 40 percent, practically abolished the right to strike, and undermined years of established work rules. As the Chicago Federation of Labor and Building Trades Council geared up for the fight, the employers created their own Citizens Committee to enforce the award. The Chicago Federation of Labor noted that of the committee's 176 members, only 54 were based in the city. Trump is gone. 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 Yes, Trump is gone. We can go out with this one. Trump is gone, but is Trumpism gone? Trump is gone. This is the bee reminding you that if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. You don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table where you work. You're on the menu. Never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. It's only a waste of time. Of course, they don't want you to have a union. Your work makes them rich. 460 U.S. billionaires have added a trillion dollars in wealth since the pandemic. Trump is gone. Bring you greetings from the White House. Say a word, Tommy, say a word. Tell Paula White, <laughs> Trump is gone. Preach. Tell Bob Johnson, oh, Trump is gone. Somebody tell Kanye, oh, that Trump is gone. Tell Diamond and Silk, that Trump is gone. Yes, he is. Tell Ben Carson, 
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes 
every Monday from 6 to 8. That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hey, you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast, zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it. And don't let the poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Francisco, what are you doing this week? Come join Mutiny Radio Presents for four different comedy shows supporting local businesses in the Mission District and beyond. On Sunday, join us in the Tenderloin at Resolute Wine Bar, 678 Geary, for Barrel of Laughs at Resolute, an amazing comedy show with the best wines curated by Resolute. On Wednesdays, join us at Asiento. At and 21st and Bryant for dinner and a show at Asiento. Delicious tapas, incredible drinks, hilarious comedy Wednesday nights at 7.30. On Fridays at 7 o'clock, join us outside mutinyradio.fm here at 21st and Florida, 7 o'clock for outdoor comedy, socially distanced in the street. And Saturdays, join us at Atlas Cafe SF at 20th in Alabama for Titans of Comedy every Saturday at 2 o'clock. Hey, keep supporting local businesses and comedy here in San Francisco with your friends at Mutiny Radio. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country 
as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission a leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff talk to under go to skinonskins.com that's s-k-i-n-o-n-s-k-i-n-s.com you just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather go see under everything is handcrafted and understated quality fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs he also does fixes maybe you love that jacket he'll put the zipper back in Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check them out at SkinOnSkins.com. L-S-D, fap, acid, fapping, fapping, and acid, acid, fapping, fapping, and acid, fap, 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 acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping. What is flat black plastic what could it be it's exactly what you think it is flat black plastic vinyl records round played mixed all for you every Saturday from noon to two by Scotto Amazing artist, music DJ.